Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am the third most popular candidate in all the land, or at least in this district. And along with me is Captain Charlie on the SS Minnow. How you doing, Charlie? Hey, world. How we doing? <laughs> so, uh, a lot of fun things been going on. Um, first of all, thank you for tuning in. We're going to be talking about uh, things that happen in the world. Some of it will be politics. A lot of it will be politics. Um, but there'll also be anything else we find interesting and it'll be from a perspective of a kind of anti-authoritarian take on things i would say is pretty accurate um so how about that balloon charlie <laughs> yeah everyone was captivated by a balloon floating over the u.s this thing started uh i'm sure everybody knows about the damn balloon at this point but uh yeah they said it started it came in from alaska and then through canada and then got to us in idaho and we started hearing about it four days after it hit U.S. airspace. Um, and so they go, well, you know, we just didn't let the public know until whatever. It's like, you didn't know because there was a space, you know, they didn't want to shoot it down. Because uh, it's the size of a football field and the mechanics attached to it were the size of like two school buses, apparently. Wow. Yeah, so it's a big thing. And they were just like, between the size and how high up in the air it is, like we just blow it up. Um, it's going to scatter and probably kill people. Well, in Alaska, there was a chunk where it was like, oh, not populated area. You could have just shot it down right there. and But you didn't. And they're like, yeah, we know. But we took precautions. So I think, uh, I don't think they knew about it until it got through Canada and back to us again. Huh. Yeah, I think that's the, the truth about it. But here, let's uh, pull up an article here. So according to Reuters... Um, it finally hit the space. Give me a little P and P there. Hey, look at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we finally shot it down today. It says a U.S. military fighter jet shot down suspected Chinese spy balloon off the coast of South Carolina on Saturday, a week after it first entered U.S. airspace and triggered a dramatic and public spine saga that worsened Sino-U.S. relations. I don't know when we started using that. <laughs> uh, who cares what Joe Biden said? Could be done on open water safeguard, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was pretty cool, yeah. So multiple fighters and refueling aircrafts were involved in the mission, but only one, an F-22 fighter jet from Langley Air Force Base in Virginia, took the shot at 2.39 p.m. using a single AIM-9X supersonic heat-seeking air-to-air missile, a senior U.S. military official said. Uh, this is where I, this is the fun part, is the China response. Well, first of all, have you seen any of the, the videos of right before they shot it down? Uh-uh. So it's, you know, it's Myrtle Beach is and so basically like these two jets are kind of circling it for i don't know a long period of time i don't know how long it was and so i don't know if it was just to keep an eye on it waiting for it to kind of drift to where it needed to be or uh if they were also kind of using some of their propulsion to try and push it Mm, interesting yeah because at some point they're saying that uh they might have an ability to control the direction of this thing as opposed to just riding the winds um I wondered, because some cat on CNN, I guess, was saying that they thought it was going to get hit, uh, hit Langley, then head down to Pensacola, and it's just like, well, that's, that's not... A Wait, dr- yeah, there's like a jet, I mean, the jet stream. Yeah, so they'd be like, that's, that's more than maneuvering. Like, yeah. it's one thing to have, like, a tiller, right, you know, right. sail thing here, but, uh, anyway, so, that didn't happen, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Chinese, a Chinese. China strongly condemned the military strike on an airship that it says was used for meteorological and other scientific purposes. 
in which it said it strayed into U.S. airspace completely accidentally. Claims uh, flatly dismissed by U.S. officials. Da, 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 da. China clearly asked U.S. to handle this properly in a calm, professional, and restrained manner. China's foreign ministry said the U.S. had insisted on using force, obviously overreacting. So, nah, we don't need that up anymore. But yeah, so that's the story. It finally got shot down. Um, but it was one of those, you know, uh, Spike Cohen, who was uh, the VP nominee for Libertarian Party uh, last presidential election, he had a funny take, you know. We said that, uh, you know, they go, oh, you can't uh, overthrow the government with AR-15s. You need jets and everything. But then, one balloon <laughs> shuts everything down. And it did. It shut down. I mean, they shut down uh, airports. Like, flights got canceled. Like, everything in the path, it did just kind of... Which is interesting because they said there's no, there's no, uh, there's no threat. They didn't want to shoot it down because they didn't want to hurt people from shooting it down. Right. But it was high enough to not be in any sort of airspace that would matter. Yet. Yeah, it was like nineteen thousand or something feet above uh, airplane space. Um, so yeah, they just well, I guess we'll let it go. I kept insisting they're like, well, us, you know, like you were saying before we started, the number of satellites and stuff that they have. Like, like, they're not gathering anything that they don't already have. Right. And, uh, which, I don't think, people don't normally do something for no reason. So I do wonder what that reason is. Um, the U.S. actually was, a couple of years ago, I don't have the article pulled up, but I saw that uh, there's an article on some website, I forget, like a news site or maybe Popular Mechanics or something. But it was like, the U.S.'s newest weapon on uh, Russia and China balloons and so ours are shaped more like a blimp looking thing but it was basically the same thing a big white balloon with shit attached to it or stuff attached i'm gonna try not to cuss too much that's okay okay <laughs> um so i don't know everybody's experimenting with these balloons and um they uh you know they've, they've released a few more i mean i th i think you release a whole bunch if you're depending on a balloon hitting a target uh, but they've been seen over like central and south america as well um my worry, you know, obviously the debris falling on people, like this one, I forget if I read it now, but it said it was a seven-mile debris field, you know? Um, so obviously, when you're going to blow up school buses and have them fall over a seven-mile period, it's it's not great for safety. <laughs> um, but my concern, too, is like, I don't know how high it has to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. But like, when somebody, if you explode a nuclear weapon in the atmosphere, then it's an EMP. And so, like, if someone just blows up a nuke up there, like, it can kill our whole power grid. Yep. So I do wonder how much of the restraint was about not knowing um, if we were about to hit an EMP off on ourselves. Well, uh, uh, to kind of coincide with that, one idea I had was, you know, what if, the based on the size of this thing, what if it's just a giant tanker and we're just... You know, re-releasing COVID again, or a new variant of the sorts. That's right. <laughs> He's just been stashing, stashing all these COVID variants in a balloon. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? I was kind of hoping that... Uh, just like pepper in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> <Old Salbe. laughs> Have you seen, uh, you know, the refueling jets? Yeah. Like yeah. Me. yeah, they yeah. plug in. Yeah, so I was hoping one of those would come out with just like a giant pin, you know. <laughs> And like a little arrow pops out of the bottom, says "Bam." You know, pop. <laughs> uh, um, 
Yeah, speaking of COVID, let's see. Let me jump to the right one. There is some. Oh, but uh, before, I guess before that, like, I don't know. So, what do you think? Like, what do you think China's up to? What do you think? Uh, how do you think? How do you think we're going to bungle this whole thing and go to war over it, I guess? Yeah, I'm not even sure. I mean, obviously, we're going to figure out a way to generate a reason to do something. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. If I mean, it could be even tied to to Russia in some sort of way, especially I don't know, based on their ties. I don't know. It almost seems like poking the bear type thing. The but China to us, yes. Um, but then again, we don't really know what it was. And that you know, something that didn't occur to me until just now. We mentioned poking the bear. Um, there's some folks like military experts or analysts or whatever um that say that right about next year is probably the best time if you're a foreign nation and you don't want a u.s response a military response you do it in election year um you know we're about to odds are maybe biden wins i don't know but like there's a strong chance you know every four years that maybe you have a new head of the dod that you know like they clean house and got new people running stuff so continuity is a problem it's also like whether a sitting president wants to declare war, if they think that's a good idea or a bad idea, uh, going into an election, and whether the person who wins the election, maybe the challenger, um, you know, maybe they don't find it popular to advocate for war. So it could be, it could be a response tester. Like, let's see what the U.S. does. I mean, like, we violate their airspace. You know, we say we don't. We say it's just nothing. But it's an accident. Yeah, yeah, we say it's an accident, and uh, but but we'll just see because like, you know, when they when they eventually go into Taiwan, because I I don't see a way that doesn't happen. Um, when they eventually go into Taiwan, they're gonna say, "Listen, Taiwan is ours. Look at the one China policy that the U.S. has. The U.S. says we recognize that Taiwan is part of China." And that y'all, that Taiwan wants independence, and we trust you to to kind of work that out, you know, peacefully in a good way. That's that's our policy, our official written policy. Um, and we're gonna have to sit there and go, either well, we've changed our mind and we're going to war now, or it's yeah, and most likely it's yeah, I guess. Well, there goes our microchips. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be something like that. It could be just poking the bear to test in the water see and we didn't do anything so not necessarily great it's like well we didn't see it when it came in and we didn't know what to do about it for a week and but, we let it go entirely across the u.s yeah it went all the places and we couldn't <laughs> stop it and we didn't we didn't do anything um yeah covid uh, i've got a fun little thing here why don't you pop over yeah, a popular COVID-19 antiviral, could it be supercharging the pandemic? It's, uh, this is, uh, how do you pronounce it, molnupirvir, molnupirvir, yeah, something like that. So it's made by Merck, and it's a widely used COVID-19, this is according to, science, uh, I guess we can see it, science.org or whatever. A widely used COVID-19 drug may be driving the appearance of new SARS-CoV-2 variants, spiking concerns it could prolong or even reinvigorate the pandemic. The drug, molnupiravir, 
produced by Merkin Company, is designed to kill the virus by inducing mutations in the viral genome. <laughs> Charlie just put his head in his hands. <laughs> A survey of uh, viral... Okay, well, hold on. So, somewhere later in here, it says that basically... Here, uh... So, this guy that works for... Let's see, where's his name? Hanselman, he's somewhere in here. Oh, here we go, yeah. So, this dude... Well, it's very clear that the uh, viable mutant viruses can survive the treatments and compete with existing variants, says virologist William Hasseltine, chair of Access Health International. So, like, that dude says that uh, they're worried about the, the drug's mechanism, which involves introducing so many mutations into the viral genome that it can no longer reproduce. So it's just like, make a virus, make another virus, make another version, make another version. Make and so it just gets too crowded and goes, pew! <laughs> and, like... It's like, yeah, that's how we're going to kill it. We're going to make a billion of them until it can't make any more, and then it'll die. And so, he, like they say, they've been worried about it from the beginning. <laughs> uh, Access has. Um, where's the quote from Merck? Let's see. Da -da 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 -da. We're worried about it, but we're going to press forward. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's authorized in the UK and United States in late 2021. It was the first oral antiviral approved anywhere to fight COVID-19. It's since been authorized in dozens of other countries. In 2022, Merck estimated the global sales of the compound at more than $5 billion. So, they've sold a few of them. Uh, but that's well below the $18.9 billion that uh, Paxlovid had. Another one, which that one's probably safe. That one's fine. Um, let's see. And it's not. <laughs> one concern was the drug might mutate not just the coronavirus, but the DNA of people receiving it. A side effect that has not been seen so far. Well, that's good. Another was that mutated viruses would survive and propagate and perhaps turn out to be more transmissible or virulent than before. Before the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized the drug, it is a Merck spokesperson called the worry an interesting hypothetical concern. I'm like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> it's a hypothetical concern. Yeah, well, now, yeah, that's the thing. It's like... <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, hypothetical. We do tests and stuff. It's safe. But, yeah, you got a, you got a cute idea. It's a cute idea. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll put that in the idea jar. <laughs> so, so, well, and, like, uh, the, one of the interesting things is kind of a, I wouldn't say an amateur, but, um, here, go back to it real oh, quick. Sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, one virus hunter, Ryan Hisner, a middle school science and math teacher in Monroe, Indiana, started to catalog suspect variants in August of 2022 and quickly identified dozens of sequences that showed clusters of those hallmark substitutions. Hisner raised his concerns with researchers on Twitter and ultimately teamed up with Thomas Peacock, a virologist from Imperial College, London. Uh, with two other colleagues, the pair systemically reviewed more than 13 million SARS-CoV-2 sequences in whatever the hell... G-I-S-A-I-D, and analyze those with clusters of more than 20 mutations. In a preprint post about da 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 the large subset showed the hallmark... Okay, whatever. Uh, but it said that... Oh, here it is. The signature clusters the researchers found were up to 100 times more common in countries uh, where the drug was widely used, including the United States, Australia, and the UK, than in countries such as France and Canada, where it's not used. So they kept finding these little, yeah, tracking dates and locations of sequences showed that some of the mutated strains were spreading in the community. Clearly some, so like they found clusters, you know, so it'd be mutation number clusters. 
Um, so it's not like, oh, we found one here, we found some here. It'd be like, oh, look where this drug's being used. It'll just be like, and like more than one, you know, it'd be a whole cluster of them. So. Great. Yeah, we don't need China to. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're poking ourselves. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing fine. We're doing fine just making up, making it up as we go along and, you know. Operation Warp Speed, when that was the first, when that was first proposed, I thought, all right, there's a lot of bullshit, there's a lot of regulation uh, out there that I think probably is overkill. I know that um, in the world of like cancer drug research, uh, especially pediatric cancer, if you have, um, if you have a drug that's approved for adults, been used for 15 years, all right? And so that's something that's proved for adults, that fights cancer, it has, you know, a, a level of success that one can have with cancer. Um, you can't, it's not easy to get that to be used in pediatric cases. Like, it exists, but if a kid gets sick, it's not like you can use it. And then you go, well, how do we get about it? And they go, well, we got a lot of red tape for you. And so you got to go through lots of different steps, and sometimes they don't even authorize those steps, you know. And, you know, it's fine to be very cautious about what you give kids, but if a child is unresponsive to certain treatments and dying of cancer, and there's a handful of cancer-fighting drugs out there, you know, you got to roll them bones. Yep. Um, so, anyway, so I know, like, cutting out regulation I didn't think was necessarily a horrible idea. Shielding from liability, that seemed interesting. And I know, it's like, well, there's all these BS lawsuits, you know. People get sued all the time. Um, and a lot of it's nonsense, you know. Did, there's a big billboard on 275. Uh, did Tylenol give my child autism? And no offense to uh, the medical health freedom community out there, I have my doubts about Tylenol. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Something happened. I don't know. I have doubts about that one. Though Tylenol is not great for your liver and kidneys and all that. Whichever one, I forget. Yeah, liver, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Somebody said, like, if you mix, like, when Tylenol, is it when it just mixes with the chemicals in your body? Or is it when it mixes with alcohol or something? It makes the same chemical used in dry cleaning? I think it's alcohol. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I always heard that. I think my sister or somebody said that. Huh. You normally isn't too crazy. Normally. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the whole shielding of, of, of legal liability, that seems to be something that just keeps biting us in the ass. And, like, you know, if you are vaccine injured, I mean, you can't sue the company. And, like, all these people, like the athletes that were, like, dropping down on the field, like, well, I don't know, it's... It's probably nothing. It's like all these like professional soccer players in like the best shape of their life, and they drop in the field from a cardiac event. Right. Sometimes shortly after a booster, and it's like, well, that's nothing. It's like, if, if, is it? It feels like something. <laughs> like maybe, maybe we just look into it. That's what I'm saying. Like, can we just like study it? Like, you know, get some cash, put together a study. See, like, well, has it increased? Has it decreased? Maybe it's decreased and we just see it more. I don't know. Maybe we should look at it. But uh, between those and um, and then this, 
where like apparently we're just making more and more versions of COVID. I would say that we did not handle this pandemic well. Or it's done on purpose to make sure it sticks around so that the revenue sticks around. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hopefully not, let's, you know, the, that would take, that would take very smart people at the top. Sometimes I think it's easier to bet on incompetence and then push, you know, money is definitely a thing, but that's what they got the government for. So they don't, they don't need it to be around. I mean, look, we're still in the COVID emergency right now. True. On the federal level. So they still buy it. Like the U.S. government is the top purchaser of all this stuff. And then, of course, you know, Pfizer or Merck might hire away the head of the FDA and give them a nice little, nice little parachute, golden parachute. And, you know, it's gross. That, that, uh, pro- well, that, that's what Pfizer did, I believe, right? Oh, Pfizer does it all Pfizer the time. Pfizer CEO used to be the head of the FDA, I believe. Just, it happens all the time. Like people complain about, um, you know, the spokespeople, like the spokespeople for the president going to meet, like, CNN or wherever, Fox. And, um, and yeah, it's gross. But it's like, look at all the other branches. It gets grosser, you know? Like, Pfizer and all these cats, it's a back and forth. You know, look at Oxycontin. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They, I wouldn't say they handled that well. <laughs> yeah. Um, thought I had something else to add on the COVIDs. Oh, yeah. So I heard, um, I heard a thought from uh, I think it was Brett Weinstein, um, Stein. I think he's Stein. Anyway, but he was saying that, uh, and he's not like a virologist, but he's a uh, he's a some sort of biologist. I forget, a, a evolutionary biologist. I think it is, but. Uh, so, you know, like, uh, Rachel works in the medical field, and, like, a big thing when you inject somebody with something is you aspirate the needle, you know? And so, like, you shove it in the arm, and you kind of just pull back a little bit, and then if you if blood comes in, you go, I've hit a blood vessel, we're going to pull out, and we're going to re-inject again. We want the muscle, not the blood vessel. And uh, guidance on the vaccine and all boosters is you do not aspirate the needle, by God. And apparently the delivery device for, like, the the spike protein, all that mRNA crap, it's a, it's a lipid. It's a fat. So it's just this dumb fat cell, right? And so it goes in the body, and it hits a cell, and I guess passes a spike protein to it. Um, and so now that cell, whatever it is, uh, probably not skin cell, but, you know, whatever it is, a lung cell, uh, you know, whatever the cell is. Um, now, red blood cell. But now, that thing looks like a virus to your body. And so now your body goes, alright, let me figure out how to kill that virus. And so it goes and attacks this human cell of yours that's not a virus, and it goes gobble, 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 gobble. And so then it's like, okay, well now I know how to kill that virus with that spike protein. And so, like, if, if the injection's pure, like it goes in, uh, it goes into the muscle, and maybe everything's fine, you know? It, it gets delivered, um, you lose some red blood cells, uh, but you make more red blood cells, maybe you lose some skeletal cells, but you make new skeletal cells. And so his thought on the matter was that, let's say that 
because they don't aspirate the needle, it goes into a blood vessel. That means it's going, and it gets to your heart. Well, if it hits a heart cell, um, and your body then attacks those heart cells, hearts don't replace cells. They just scar. And so that's why you don't get things, you don't get heart cancer. You get lung cancer, you get heart disease, you know, you get blood pressure and all that stuff. But hearts, you know, their muscles can, if you have high blood pressure and you don't treat it, they get super muscly and it restricts everything because they're all jacked. But, uh, but yeah, but otherwise, if, um, I don't know what else would happen for, to a heart, but if you get something, it just scars over. And so it just weakens it by X percent. So this myocarditis, inflammation of the heart tissue, which eventually, uh, eventually heals, sort of scars over, um, that might be the reason for that. I don't know what would be a reason for this idea of like the blood clots. I don't. I don't know even. Know. I heard a little bit about blood clots, but I don't know how that correlates. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. It's. Uh, I don't even know if the blood clot thing is true. You know, I've seen some doctors reporting. Or I pulled out blood clots the size of a football field. I mean, not that big, but you know, like giant ass blood clots from people that look like jellyfish. And uh, but so far, they don't get. Widely reported in lots of places, so I don't know if it's just some kook putting stuff on the internet, or if it's happening. Or maybe it's pre-existing conditions. Yeah, I don't know. It's but it, you know, it's these cardiologists are saying like I've never seen, I've never seen a blood clot I can hold in my hand like this, you know, um, or you know that looks like a jellyfish. Right, and to me, if you're holding a blood clot that large, shouldn't the person be dead? They are dead. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. They find it in the autopsy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, that's the thing. Because it, it hasn't been picked up. But, you know, so much of the real facts of COVID and the vaccines from the beginning weren't picked up. They were dismissed as conspiracy theories. And so it's very difficult when you see these things. And it's like, well, I'm Dr. So-and-so from this hospital. And... 60 years old, I've been a cardiologist for, whatever, 20 years, and, you know, I've never seen anything like this. All my colleagues send me stuff, but they're afraid to speak up because they're afraid that the government will pull their license or their funding. And it's like, I, that could be true. I see, I could see any government pulling a license to any doctor if they speak poorly about the government's truth. Right. You know? Like, does that seem unreasonable that they would do it? Nope. Yeah. Like, I mean, and so you sit there, you go, well, I mean, that passes a smell test. <laughs> and you go, well, I don't know. I haven't seen it with my eyeballs. I just see pictures on the internet and I could be, I could be, they could have fished for it. I don't know. All right. Let's see. What we got next coming up here? Actually, I think I might have skipped. Yeah. Speaking of our government. We're going to talk about our favorite government family member. His name's Hunter Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Hunter Biden's always good for a nice story, too. What came out this week, exclusive. Set your phone up so I can spy on you showering. Hunter Biden threatened to withhold cash-strapped assistance pay if she didn't FaceTime him naked. Text show. As it's revealed, she's the fourth employee with whom he had a sexual relationship. Not one lawsuit, by the way. Like, even even a consensual relationship, if uh, you're an executive and they're an assistant, I mean, they can immediately sue you for um, sexual harassment and all that, and win. They'll win 100% of the time, because 
consensual, it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> that was something I learned at a young age when my, <laughs> my mom was dealing with some problems at, at her work. Uh, not her personally, but with some employees. <laughs> so, like, I was in college, maybe first year or second year. She's like, I just want you to know, if you're ever in management, even if you have a cons- consensual relationship with someone that serves under you, you can't do that. That's sexual harassment. And you'll lose your job and everyone's going to get sued. I was like, okay, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the tip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for the tip, Mom. Me and Charlie are going to go get milkshakes. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, so Hunter Biden had this assistant. So Hunter Biden threatened one of his cash-strapped young female staffers with withholding her pay if she didn't FaceTime him for sex. Shocking text between the president's son, 52, and his young assistant, who was 29 at the time, show Hunter asking for video sex sessions and sending her cash via Apple Pay after she pleaded that she was struggling to make rent. The woman, who thankfully they've chosen not to identify, that would just be... If they... Somebody's gonna put her name out there, and that sucks. Like that sucks. Yep. Like, it sucks. She's already been like exploited enough, and like if, if somebody puts it out there. Like, mm. Anyway, today is twenty nine. Gross, gross. Uh, oh yeah, this is about no the wrong page. He also hired his daughter's basketball coach, reportedly former stripper London Roberts, but ended her employment and stopped responding to her messages after she told him she was pregnant. Uh, Roberts eventually had to sue him for child support. She also, uh, had the Biden family is fighting him in court. They're fighting her in court because she said that she thought her, what did it say? Son? Daughter? I don't know. Her child, uh, should have the last name Biden because her father's Hunter Biden. And the Biden family's like, the hell she will. <laughs> that ain't no Biden. That's I'm the- sure they'll be okay with that. Yeah. They're, they're like, I'm not over my dead body. <laughs> and so, like, she had to go to court. I think she won because it's like, it's like, he's paying child support. He's the dad. She has a right to that name. That's, she's his child, you know? Um, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Hunter film, all right, part time. Here we go. The part-time model and fitness instructor was given an important administrative task. I don't care. In January 2019, she emailed Hunter's secretary asking why she had not received her December paycheck of 837.06 and like 837 bucks. Like she's not a high-paid person. Like very entry level, I'm sure. And why her company health insurance was not active. God, they canceled her insurance too. <laughs> like that's. I mean, come on. Two months later, he sent her $500 by Apple Pay. And complained he had no, really no money due to alimony, tuitions, and other shit like girls' insurance, etc. It's like, that's that's a personal problem, Hunter. Have your company pay its employees and keep the health insurance accurate. Stop doing crack. He told her, You're as beautiful to me inside as you are, so obviously are on the outside. Miss you very much and feel horrible about having treated you so poorly. And I don't put cash in her pocket. Oh, these are the text messages. I was wondering about all this. Hunter was. has a heart. Yeah, let me see. Does this work? Oh, so he sends a thousand bucks through Apple Pay. Does this work? Just for small stuff? Uh, appreciate it. Anything helps. I've really been scraping by the last month or so. I haven't even paid my rent yet. Bling! 1500 Want to make sure it worked. I'll bake up. I'll ba- oh, probably I'll make up for back pay. You have to make up for back work by F-timing me and or going to our next club party. When can you FaceTime? 500 bucks. Um, when can you FaceTime? 
If we FaceTime, the rule has to be no talk of anything but sex, and we must be naked and have to do whatever the other person asks within reason. She really missed an opportunity to make him do some weird stuff. (laughs) Here's 750 bucks. Deal? When can you talk? I can later tonight. Anytime from now forward. Okay, let's see if there's anything else. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, yeah. So, so she was working out. Just got home. I look like a troll. Going to shower. Then I'll FaceTime you. Set phone up. It says nose. That's supposed to be... I don't know. Set, set phone up nose. <laughs> I can spy on you showering. So, I guess set up, set up phone. So no, I yeah. You're... God, he's the worst typer. Probably on crack. You're the sexiest woman I've ever been with. Troll, not possible. Well, well, that's nice. Hey, okay, calling you now. No, I've been trying to put this laundry on. It's so annoying. Finally got it on. Okay, whatever. I don't need to go on. And then look. The increments got smaller. Yeah, yeah it's only like, you're gorgeous. You're 20 bucks. How about 10 bucks? <laughs> wait, wait. Where are you at in this world? 10 bucks. Trash truck. Trash truck. I love your hair. And pretty much everything else. Can I send you... Can I, can I see your beautiful ass? $25. Amazing. Shut oh, show, show me. Pull it with yourself. Anyway. So it went like that. But like... This is Daily Mail. He invited... Oh yeah, here's... This was part of it. He invited to her in New Hampshire. But she told him, I can't afford a plane ticket. And I barely even make rent this month. Days later, he texted saying he would pay her. But she had a video chat. And so like... Yeah, we can... Worry about all the pictures when our Hunter Biden's involved, um, but yeah, it was just she was just like, "Hey, no, my paycheck didn't hit, and I don't have insurance. Like, what's going on?" He's like, "Oh, pff, been broke lately." Anyway, why don't you come to New Hampshire? She's like, "I don't have money. I don't have money. You didn't pay me. I have no money." He's like, "Well, maybe if you had less clothes, you'd have more money." <laughs> Guys, what? It's like, I'm New Hampshire, take your clothes off. She's like, I can't. It's like, okay, we'll do it over the phone. <laughs> Let me peek on you in the shower. Like, what the, like, and now Hunter's lawyers are suddenly saying, like, people need to be prosecuted for stealing this laptop and all the contents within. Yeah, the laptop that wasn't his. <laughs> right. Um, a fun thing, too, going on with our favorite favorite biden is uh we tried to talk about last week when we had all of our technical issues for the episode that never was but uh hunter biden was renting joe biden's house at the time that all those classified documents were in the house and at the time he was in the house with the classified documents um he was doing business with two chinese criminals one who got picked up for bribing U.S. officials, and one who was committing financial crimes in China, and doesn't seem to exist anymore. He's just kind of gone now. So, you know, it's fine. This is fine. (laughs) It's fine. Nothing could have happened. It's not as bad as you think. Yeah. That's, uh, like you were saying, the FBI, yeah, searched Biden's home, searched, they keep searching everything, which is fine. But, uh, they go, oh, we didn't find any documents marked classified. Actually, the lawyer came out. The FBI didn't say it first. Uh, Biden's lawyer said, uh, FBI did their search, and there was no documents marked classified that were found. And, uh, FBI was like, 
yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. I'd say that's accurate. And it's like, okay, so not no classified documents. No documents marked classified. So, you know, that's two different things. Right. Because <laughs> if you're, uh, say, like, let's just say you're vice president, right? Now let's pretend you're super elderly. Okay? Just pretend for a second. And say someone's talking to you and you're like, well, I don't type things because I'm super elderly, but I do write notes. I carry my little pad. It's got the nice little emblem of the United States seal on it. So you take your little notes all the time. Like, those are classified if it's a classified meeting, you know? You don't stamp them because they're your notes because you're vice president. Um, but it's classified material. Um, there is too much classified material. They classify everything. They go crazy with that crap. All right. Let's see what I found. I know there's something fun. Well, that's more depressing than fun. That's okay. Um... Did you get into anything fun this weekend or anything? Nope. It's actually surprisingly a relaxing weekend for once. That's nice. That's nice not having things to do. We had fun. Last night we went to uh, this fundraiser that was like a casino theme deal. So, like, you know, you, you cash out your chips for, like, raffle tickets, you know. So yeah. they keep all... But uh, but they had craps, so we got to get everybody hooked on craps. That was fun. Uh, but last week, I went camping. And we did a lot of shooting, and uh, one of the big news items is there's a type of gun. Do you know about stabilizers on pistols? Uh-uh. So, like, especially if you're handicapped, um, you take, if you've got a pistol, it might be hard to hold if you got some sort of handicap or just you want a more steady shot. So they make this thing called a brace, a stabilizing brace. And it basically, it kind of looks like a tiny little rifle you know because it has a thing that like sits on your arm and so like it sits right here so it's a pistol but it's got a body that kind of makes it look like a rifle uh to stabilize it on your hand and it's always been fine the the it's been fine they said like if you you know if you bring it up to your shoulder you can't do that that makes it a short barrel rifle but if you keep it on your hand it's a stabilizing brace okay and that's that's been the rule for years and so there's thousands of these tens of thousands of these out in the world out in the wild well atf decided which of course that's just regulators no one voted on this this was not approved through any sort of process um they said now those are illegal so i got gun owners of america pulled up here and let's see According to the final rule, gun owners who possess braced firearms will have 120 days to destroy, reconfigure, register, turn in, or face NFA violations, which include $250,000 in fine and a hefty prison sentence. It's, uh, it's in addition, ATF has released its list titled Commercially Available Firearms Equipped with Stabilizing Braces that are Short Barrel Rifles. So they basically just said, um, now... They're officially all short barrel rifles, which means you need a tax stamp for it. Much like to make a full auto weapon or to buy a full auto weapon or silencers, silencers, yeah, or suppressors, all that kind of stuff. Like you know, you get different tax stamps for it, um, and it takes a long time. And so they go, okay, well, good news, we'll make the process free for stamps on this. So just tell us you have it, give us the paperwork, and then you'll probably get a stamp 
for free, and I'll be all right. Um, let's see. The one interesting word is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, reconfigure. Yeah. So, you can, some of these are made, some of the times, some people make it by taking an actual pistol, and then, yeah, you, you just get different parts, and you kind of make it a different build. Okay. But technically, you can take it apart and put it together, and just, it's still a normal pistol, you know? Okay. The brace doesn't make the gun deadlier. It doesn't make right. it shoot more bullets or faster bullets or, um, I don't know, it doesn't make it run around wild killing people. It's literally just uh, makes it longer. just makes it longer and, and steady. Seems kind of petty. <laughs> it does seem kind of petty. Um, did that uh, here? Let's see. Immediately, the immediate logistics of this final rule have been called into question by even the anti-gun corporate media. It's a well-known fact that ATF's NFA division consistently misses its own performance benchmarks, and it routinely sees wait times for ATF form approvals and tax stamps in the 300 to 400 day range. If 40 million firearms are added to the wait list, it's logical to assume that gun owners forced to comply with this unconstitutional registration scheme may wait years in limbo. So they're trying to get, they're saying, they're saying 120 days is when this thing kicks in. Go ahead and apply for a stamp. Well, say you're a very law-abiding person. You go, well, rules is rules. I'm going to fill out my paperwork because I like my, my stabilizing braces. I'm going to keep them. Um, so you go, okay, well, I got, I got six of them. I got six of them. They're nice. I like them. Um, here's my forms. And then day 121 comes. You hadn't heard anything. It's like, but now, the, now if you have them, you face, you know, what does it include? $250,000 in fine and prison time for this gun that was legal uh, that now the ATF knows you have. Like, you've just told them I've got you know, six applied. of them. Yeah. yeah, by applying. It's like, yeah, you've applied, but you don't have a stamp. Now you're a felon. And so, like, that, that's... Interesting. Yeah. Um, luckily, Gun Owners of America is going to sue their pants off, because they are great like that. Gun Owners of America, much better than the NRA. Um, let's see. That's just them bragging about themselves. Okay. First work is... First, work with members of Congress to overturn the rule via Congressional Review Act. That could happen, maybe. So the goal, to me, is to tie it up enough to try and guilt trip people into just destroying them and getting rid of them? I I think, and like Gun Owners of America kind of think too, that it's kind of a de facto registration process. So like gun registries are different rules by states in Florida. Where it's illegal to have a gun registry. So, like, they can't. They're not allowed to. Um, but if an ATF person... There's been stories of um, gun shops who... Gun shops keep records, FFLs. Um, they keep records who they sell to and all that. And, you know, they're, they're um, audited from time to time. And, and that's just part, part of the deal. Um, where there's been some ATF people that have gone in to, like, do their audit. And... Uh, they talk to the shop and they're like, all right, let me see your screens. I want to take, uh, take some pictures. And like, you can't, that's not the audit process. You know, do you have specific dates or things that you want to talk about? Cause we can talk about them. Um, but, and then like this one situation, this guy left to the back, I think to get his phone or something. I go ahead and call somebody. And so he's like, okay. 
So he leaves the screen. She turns around. Pop! <coughs> she just starts popping pictures of his customer list. And so that suddenly it's like, well, now they have a registry of all these names. Hit pause so I can cough. This is going to be unpleasant. And we're back. Um, but yeah, so it, it seems like there's a lot of people trying to come up with end rounds to have a gun registry. It's valuable when you have issues getting actual gun control legislation passed because it's unconstitutional. And you don't have the political will power to try to overturn the Second Amendment, like formally. Um, so now, like <clears throat> things move in the opposite direction. Um, constitutional carry is spreading throughout the country. Ooh, just splash my face. Um, where you don't need a permit to carry. A lot of it's open carry too. Um, and so, if you want to be able to get guns away from people you need to know who has have the guns and come up with reasoning yeah we were in we were in north carolina for over christmas time and did not realize that north carolina was open carry until i saw people openly carrying and i asked somebody i'm like is it open carries legal here and they said yep as long as you have a north carolina um driver's license you're good to go oh okay so limited to just their citizens i guess that makes sense in uh, <clears throat> Florida, they're about to pass something they're calling a constitutional carry, but it's not. It's got all these regulations in it. You can't open carry. You, uh, it's basically just, what does it do? I think it just says you can carry without a permit, maybe. Huh. But, like, it has a lot of, um, but you can't, like, just buy a gun. Like, the age to buy is still 21, <clears throat> Even though the age to go to war is 18. So there's things like that where it's not really like recognizing that you have a right as a citizen to buy a gun, especially as an adult. Um, so like once you're over the age of <clears throat> age of consent, age of adult, um, you, know, you should be able to just buy a gun. But Florida is kind of doing this. This thing they're calling constitutional carry, and it's kind of slimy. They'll, they'll probably pass it, but it's going to be... It'll be an improvement, but it won't be constitutional carry. And I dislike the gamesmanship. Um, <clears throat> Gun Owners of America will tell you all about uh, Wilton Simpson. He's our now... He's our agricultural... Ag- agriculture commissioner. Huh. Yeah, endorsed by DeSantis. Uh, but he used to be the head of the Senate in the State House. Hmm. Huh constitutional carry bills came to his desk every year and he always squashed them. He always squashed them. Never brought them up for a vote. Didn't allow them to vote on it. <clears throat> and one of the big reasons is he wrote um, like red flag law legislation. He wrote pretty much the only gun control stuff that's like been passed in Florida. Um, you know, it's like one of those, like the red flag thing. Like, oh, it's only if someone's crazy and somebody turns them in for being crazy, you know. Um, but, of course, that can be weaponized, and that's still not constitutional. And so I guess, you know, he wasn't motivated by it because it basically undermined undermined that uh, that bill that he fought to get passed. And, you know, it's his baby. So that is some gun update news. Um, I think since we're getting towards the end here, I want to tell you your surprise. Well, real quick, before that, your surprise, we'll talk about Willie Mammoth's. 
<laughs> all right, pull it up, pull it up. I like the graphic they use. All right, scientists are re reincarnating the woolly mammoth to return in four years. Popular mechanics. And so there's this company called Colossal, and they just recently added sixty million dollars in funding, uh, and they're basically taking. They said that the um, Asian elephant. The woolly mammoth's DNA is 99.6% match for the Asian elephant, which le leads Colossal to believe it's well on its way to achieving its goal. And so they're basically going to, like, monkey with the DNA of an Asian elephant, put it inside of a, like an African elephant or something that's bigger. Yeah, an African elephant to take advantage of its size and to allow it to give birth to a new woolly mammoth. And they want to put it in Siberia. They said, like, right now, because of all the stuff going on with Russia and Ukraine, uh, they're rethinking that because they're like well i don't know how open russia is going to be to us coming in right now uh especially to plant a bunch of willy they should make them they should be spy willy mammoths <laughs> there's nothing to worry about here it's just for research like you pull back the fur and there's like microphones and cameras like the tusks have little mics on them. <laughs> That's what this is all about. You got spy balloons. We got spy mammoth army. But like, they say in here um, that the migratory patterns of woolly mammoths, because they're an elephant that could hold up to the cold, that it actually helped um, in Arctic regions, uh, basically plants to grow. Because, uh, you know, they eat, they walk around, they poop. You know. Okay. So they're doing that a lot. Walking around, I'm sure, helps trample the snow down, gets access to the earth. Obviously, the poop's got the seeds. I don't know where they're going to be getting the food. I guess in Siberia, they still have plants and stuff. I guess tree leaves. or Right, because if, 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 if it's been extinct for so long, how is it going to survive if nature has adjusted accordingly? That's my... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Now that's and that's one of my big questions with it because uh, they go well we're rethinking that it's like well where else is in the Arctic are you talking about like northern northern Canada are you talking about actually the Arctic like the the you know the snow caps because like they need something to eat right and so like I don't know that's that's my concern too with the plan like woolly mammoths are cool but we were in an ice age when they were around you know. And, like, if you're one who believes in things like evolution and that an Asian elephant is, like, 0.4% away from being the same elephant, maybe it's because we are still leaving the Ice Age. Um, technically, we're still in the Ice Age. Um, but we're, it's because we're getting warmer through the Ice Age. Maybe it evolved to not be so woolly and not quite as big. Because it didn't need to be. It got hotter. Uh, food became more abundant. And it didn't need its fur coat anymore. Well, and like, what's the benefit? Like, uh, the, the only thing is, they say it'll help <clears throat> help uh, in these Arctic regions to, like, get better plant growth. And I think they say that's the fight global warming or something. I don't know. But, uh... But I think it's just about plant growth. I, these guys, I think they just really want to make a woolly mammoth. That's what honest. it seems like. <laughs> I think that's, if you boil it down to an honest thing, it's just like, we could do that, guys. Because this same company wants to make the uh, bring back the Tasmanian tiger. At least that was killed off by man in like the 1900s or something. 
That could probably survive. Bring right. it back. Yeah, you can bring it back. Yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. Bring back something that, like, like that white rhino. Can you bring that back? Bring back the white rhinos. Right. Just extinct. It just went by. Yeah, bring them back. Let's get those things back out there. Like, start start close to the timeline. Let's not go Jurassic Park right from the beginning here. <laughs> they made a nice documentary about what would happen if you did that. And it doesn't turn out well almost every time it's tried. Okay. Now, here's your dessert. This is just for you, Charlie. Great. Alright, go ahead and switch so you can see it. Satanic Temple launches abortion clinic named after Catholic Supreme Court Justice. (laughs) (laughs) So, the Satanic Temple announced the launch of a telehealth abortion clinic that mocks a Catholic judge who serves on the Supreme Court. The facility, which is located in New Mexico, is named the Samuel Alito's Mom's Satanic Abortion Clinic. Wow. <laughs> they named it after his mom. They just called it Samuel Alito's mom's abortion clinic. A satanic abortion clinic. And so, like, here, here's their little announcement. As part of our commitment to protecting bodily autonomy and assuring religious ac- abortion access, the Satanic Temple proudly announces the launch of TST Health. What was it again? TST Health. It was called The Samuel Alito Mom's What's the other T? Whatever. But yeah. Uh, telehealth? Like, well, telehealth abortion? Well, so <clears throat> so the Satanic Temple claims that abortion is part of their religious practices. Um, and therefore, if you're taking part in the religious practice of, of, I guess, probably child sacrifice or something like that. But, like, they claim that the Satanic Temple tends to be more atheists trying to make a point you know than there are actual satanists right and they can be hilarious at times they can often be hilarious <laughs> thus the name um but uh but so they come up with this stuff you know so like i'm sure it's a sacrifice related thing but they say abortion is part of their religious practice and therefore can't be banned so telehealth basically they'll send you like abortion pills and stuff they're not gonna like hook up a device to your computer. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> but how does this work? Yeah, you can, like, you basically, if you want to, to do the religious ritual, they may put it in here somewhere. Let's see. Satanic Temple's website includes a cartoon image of a woman, presumably Alita's mother, saying, if only abortion was legal when I was pregnant. Jesus. Uh, let's see. It uh, provides free medication abortion services to those participating and TST's re- oh TST's the satanic temple mm. uh, TST's religious ritual it schedules screenings and appointments as well as right it's just a basic way to like in those uh, states where they've kind of banned abortion altogether banned it after three weeks or whatever um, you know <clears throat> all these people said like I don't care if it's banned like I'll, I will mail you medicine like you you direct message me all these like uh, celebrities trying to virtue signal you know yeah, you, you let me know. We'll buy, we'll buy medicine. We'll mail it to you. So we're like, you can't do that. And so the Satanic Temple's just been like, well, whatever. We, we can do it. It's part of your religious ceremony. You know? Interesting. But, yeah. <laughs> the Samuel Alita's mom's uh, abortion clinic. So that was your big dessert. What do you think about it? Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> These guys. It's, uh, you know... I just feel like they need a shirt that just says, those rascally Satanists. <laughs> Wait, she said, if if only abortion had been, had existed or readily available? 
Yeah, it's a, it said, because uh, Samuel Alito's old, you know, so his mom's older. And so I guess when it was before Roe versus Wade, so abortion was just flatly illegal. Uh, yeah, flatly illegal. And so the, the implication is that Samuel Alito's mother would have aborted him. That's what I was thinking. It's almost, it's almost a grandfather paradox type thing. Like, <laughs> if I had... If only then. If she had aborted him, then the Satanic Temple would have never named the clinic. Well, that's true. They after. wouldn't have to, yeah. Well, it's because Samuel Alito, like, I think wrote the main opinion on Roe versus Wade. Um, like the main, uh, what do they call it? Not the, I know dissenting opinion when you write the other one, but whatever. He's like the main opinion. And he said, uh, let's see, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. It's, uh, it's reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. And yet, I don't think he's wrong about that, but because he was like the lead on it, they're targeting him, and uh, I don't know. It's fair play. <laughs> well, um, I think that's going to wrap up our very first issue of issue episode of Loaded Talk. Um, I think that's a good sampling of what you can kind of expect from here. We're going to try and get better at this as we go on, um, but uh, hopefully this all hits the internet. We didn't screw anything up too bad. Um, eventually, if if you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform we'll we will be there um we're getting all rolled out so it'll just be a matter of time um maybe by the time this is online actually but uh charlie you got any parting words uh thank you for listening um even if you become your least favorite podcast we look forward to making that list <laughs> yes and but still even if you hate us you subscribe you hit buttons people like things there's a heart maybe and write good things. Just lie. Tell people. Make do a joke on your friends and say it's the best thing you ever heard, and force them to listen to us. <laughs> I think that's fair. And then loadedtalk.com is where you can always find us and everything from there. So I guess that's it. I'm Frank. That's Charlie. <laughs> and we're out of here. <laughs>